0: Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk to them about a video game that is special to them and why. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game fun, special, and memorable, but we'll also talk a little bit about the context around how they fell in love with this game for the first time uh, or came back to it. I don't know what our guest is going to talk about. That that hasn't happened yet. We'll see. Um, a little bit of housekeeping up top is that you should definitely check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game, but just the one Y, so that's B Y O U R. There you can engage with us, uh, you can see what we've got going on, any special events we have coming up, and uh, see the cool art and learn about the guest that we have on each episode. Um, if you want to support the show, which I got a feeling you kind of do. You can do that a few different ways. You can, of course, rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store or truly wherever you get your show. Um, I just check the Apple uh, Podcast Store. So if it's a nice review, um, I'll go ahead and read it on the show. And if it's somewhere else, uh, feel free to send it to me, and I'll read that too. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love games in general or the game we are talking about today specifically. And then, of course, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. There is not only Call Me By Your Game, but Video Games, a comedy show, reactivators. Uh, someday, allegedly, Inside Video Games is coming back with July Diaz and a ton of bonus content. So that's a place where you can not only support us uh, with uh, money, but also you'll get truly a more bonus content than you'll probably listen to. But you can check us out there. That's it for the housekeeping. And I'll finally introduce our guest for this episode. So please welcome to the microphone, ability stealer, star writer, and co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Mark Mitchell. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Connor. I'm, I'm super excited to be here.
0: Uh, it's, it's been a, a long time coming. We've been working on getting, this, uh, getting you on here. And uh, I'm excited to have you on, even though we did recently discover that uh, there is no such thing as a Nintendo cartridge. Isn't that devastating?
1: It, it was a real gut punch, to be completely honest. Like, I guess we should have done a little bit of research before we named our show. <laughs> maybe even just maybe like a tiny bit, but we didn't. We just went all with instinct, called it Nintendo Cartridge Society, which I've got to say, actually, maybe for the best, because yeah. I'm feeling Game Pack might be a registered trademark.
0: I think, I'm certain it is, and your show maybe would have been up for three episodes before Nintendo t- found a way to give a cease and desist and take it down. Right.
1: I feel like having Nintendo in the name is um, tempting fate enough. Yeah. <laughs> and having Nintendo Game Pack, I think they would have brought down the hammer immediately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So yeah, we're absolutely better for it. Also, it's a, it sounds way better than Game Pack. Um, P-A-K, even though I've known about it for ever um yeah but we we know each other because you are uh the co-host of your show it's a show that i've been listening to for four and a half years now mark which is crazy uh i do remember when i started listening to it uh because of the job i was working at it was right after the switch was released um but we sort of met because i would bother you guys through writing into the show and then you know uh just weaseled my way into your lives into you <laughs> for you and patrick <laughs> And, uh, now I keep in touch with him a little bit and we've gotten to do a few shows together, including your wonderful podcast, but, um, that's how we know each other. But what do you want to share about yourself? Um, and is there, yeah, is there anything that the listener should be looking out for you?
1: Oh man. Um, I mean, if you love this wonderful podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. Uh, I hosted with Patrick Ellers and who has been on this show before. And yeah, it's, we mostly, almost exclusively talk about Nintendo, um, have two episodes a week. Uh, I don't really know. I, um, I'm not really sure what else there is to share about myself.
0: That's, that's okay. It's all, you've already done so much. Uh, and we'll, I'll definitely put a link to the show in our show notes. Um, but a lot of our listeners definitely know about it cause I've, I've yammed about it before. Um, But we'll put definitely a link in the show notes so we can plug it at the end too. But yeah, it's a it's a great podcast, and it is nice you have episodes twice a week. Your Tuesday episode is generally as you describe it, like the news episode, and the Thursday. I don't not to call it the fun one, but that's where you get a little creative.
1: That's right. We we refer to it as like our topic episode. Topic episode. Um. Yeah, it could be a little bit of everything. We do rankings. Almost exclusively definitive rankings, where we will do definitively (laughs) rank the Koopa Kids, or um, we will cast Broadway musical with Animal Crossing neighbors. (laughs) Um, We, uh, yeah, we just recently celebrated five hundred episodes and like five years, which we do two episodes a week, so it's easy to like rank. Uh, It's easy to get the numbers up there pretty quickly, but it's it's been such a I I. Wonder if your experience hosting a podcast has been similar where I have found it to be such a great thing for me. Like, especially during the pandemic, it was a great, like, creative outlet. And um, also just being able to, like, hang out with cool people. Uh, Like, you know, Patrick, my co-host is actually he's the host of the show and I'm the (laughs) co-host. It's so weird to call him the co-host. But uh, is that
0: how it is that official
1: That is, I think, official. It's how we, there's, there.
0: And Patrick's really pushed for that, right?
1: (laughs) Well, again, maybe you have, maybe you, he does way more work than I do. And so he, like, he produces the show, Mm. he produces it all live. Like, I kind of just roll up and say whatever dumb things I'm going to say. And so he definitely has earned the title of host. But I, I, again, maybe this is something you have found with your show, but we like just kind of fell into certain rules for our show. Like when we're writing the show notes, they're in this voice. And one of the things that we always do is it is uh, it's always Patrick and Mark. Like that's just like the way that it's broken out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those weird things after doing a podcast for five years, you're like, why are we doing it this way? And we can't remember, but yet it persists because it feels weird to change it now.
0: Yeah, it's just – it's so much of your routine on that show that, yeah, it's like even bringing it up, it's like, well, how do I do this? Uh, yeah, it's funny. There are definitely some things about my show that I feel that same way about or I every time I do this intro, like the intro that I did, I'm like, I there's got to be a listener out there who has dropped off because they're like, I can't hear him say it the exact same way every time. It's going to drive me crazy or all the – the plugs, the, I probably repeat myself on this show. It's, it's, but it's funny cause it's just me. Who's the constant. So I could change anything at any time. I've just refused to do so, so far. Um, but I will say, uh, I also can resonate with it being like just such a nice creative outlet, especially when the pandemic started, it was like, well, I guess I'm already doing this thing and I can continue to do it. Thanks to the internet. Um, and, Truly, the I think the best part is like getting to spend an hour, an hour and a half with somebody, whether it's someone I already know really well or someone like you who I've gotten to know a little bit. And it's kind of like a little hour and 15 minute hang we're going to get to have. Uh, It's been so nice. And yeah, especially keeping in touch with people. Really great yeah, stuff.
1: Totally. I mean, that, w- that was kind of the genesis for the Nintendo Cartridge Society in general, because Patrick and I were really good friends, and we actually met, like, in an improv class. Yes. Um, And we're really, really good friends. We lived, like, a block from each other. And then just after a couple of years, not that we weren't friends anymore, but our lives just kind of went in different directions. So we didn't hang out that much. But the one time we would kind of reconnect all the time was when there was a Nintendo announcement or something. We would text each other. Oh, nice. Talk about it. And so um after like we started like reconnecting a little bit more and patrick suggested hey we should just we should do a podcast and like everybody else in la we did
0: (laughs) yes just er just earlier than a lot i mean i when you started your show um it was definitely i mean podcasts were common already but i think at least from what i can tell especially in the comedy community, like it wasn't as prevalent. Maybe like Rachel Chapman was doing a podcast and that was it (laughs) all the way back then. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, really, it's always fun to get to hear you two talk about your show and the genesis of it. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, Before, uh, we've got something I'm going to do first, but um, would you actually – introduce the game that we are going to discuss for the main event today mark
1: yeah so we're going to be talking about kirby superstar which was released for the super nintendo directed by masahiro sakurai who listeners might know better as kind of like the father of super smash brothers um produced by satoru iwata and shigeru miyamoto wow that was so awful and embarrassing it was one of those things where like when you're uh you are like talking and you're yes. like i can't remember this last part i can't remember this last part yes you're barreling towards it hoping that your brain will click in in time and it didn't it but then it kind of did that it kind of did only after <laughs> i panicked but, uh yes Jagir, miyamoto both producers yes. on it so really a dream team um probably like the ur kirby game the yeah. one kirby game that they have deigned to remake Um, I think Kirby Superstar is very influential for Kirby.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Well, don't worry, Mark. Uh, That will happen to me today where I will barrel towards an idea that I start and it uh, avoids me. So, um, and you could have gotten away with it, but then you chose to point it out. But so here we are. Well, uh, so excited to talk to you about your experience with that game. But before we do that, I've got to hear about your history in general with video games, especially it's fun because I have gotten to hear you talk about just, you know, games for years now, but I don't know the like whole story or the path you've taken. So first, Mark, I would love to start as close to the beginning as you might remember. Do you remember taking an interest in games as a kid or were they just around for you?
1: Yeah, I feel like video games are like Star Wars for me, where (laughs) I, I can't remember exactly when I was introduced to it. Mm -hmm. I remember, so I have, um, uh, when I was young, you know, I had like two older sisters, uh, the oldest was like four years older than me. And so my parents at, they must've, I know for sure I was, there's no mystery about it. I know for sure they (laughs) bought a a Nintendo entertainment system, but like what made them decide to get it? I don't entirely know. Um, It's going to distract one of these kids running around. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was just like, you know, it was like the hot toy and they had kids. Maybe my older sister was interested in. I'm not sure. And so I was probably about maybe three or four when they Uh bought it, when they brought it home. And because I had older siblings and I was the, the youngest at the time, that... I have a lot of memories of watching my sister play it. (laughs) Um, My oldest sister, Becca, like she would play. And then my sister, Heather and I, we would just kind of like watch. And (laughs) I like, it turned out great. Like I remember watching her beat super Mario brothers three. And that was like the most exciting thing. Wow. As kids. Right. Cause like we were all into it. Like we all felt a part of it, even though we weren't, we didn't have the controller. Um, But the NES was really, like, special for me because not only did it introduce me, you know, to, like, Mario, and we were always, like, a Nintendo household, but it was um, one of the few times that, like, my parents played video games, specifically my mom. Like, my mom would play Super Mario Brothers, and she really enjoyed that, and so that was, like, a fun thing that, as, like, kids, we could connect with her on. And then, like... My dad never was never really interested in video games, but it wasn't until the Wii generation that they got a console again, you know, for themselves. And my yeah. mom would do Wii Fit, and when everybody was together, we would play Wii Sports and stuff. And so the, um, there's always been that kind of like Nintendo through line. Yeah, in my family,
0: I love that. Uh, I you've probably spoken about it on the show, but where did you grow up?
1: So I was born in Salt Lake City, okay. and grew up in Utah, and um, we actually we moved to like Central California when I was six, and oh. that's where the majority of my family lives in Utah now.
0: Oh, really? Where did you where are you from in Central California? Because I'm from I, Central California.
1: Oh, really? Yes. I uh, like we lived in Bakersfield.
0: Oh my gosh, you're from Bakersfield? Yeah. So I'm from a little I'm north of that. I'm from Modesto. So I'm oh, like okay, yeah. three hours north of you. But gosh, that's I feel like I'm seeing a whole nother side of you now, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um that's absolutely incredible. Okay, so um I'll get us back wait, to you. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah.
1: I, I feel like we I feel like we need to talk about Central California for Please. a little bit because uh, yeah, don't let tell,
0: me sprint past it. <laughs>
1: when you, well, when you tell people that you're from Modesto, what is the reaction that you – or do you get a reaction from people?
0: There are a couple things. If they if they know um, what Modesto is, there's a few things. The primary one is, oh, I've driven through it but I've never stopped, which checks out. Um, sometimes they'll know that it's like had a run of like being the crime capital or the meth capital before – and then occasionally someone will be like, oh, that's where George Lucas is from and where he went to high school. And that's that's always like at least a nice one to right, hang your hat right. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely
1: uh, hear what you're saying about like the meth capital. I remember mm-hmm. being in when I, I was like probably like 12 and being in New York mm. and um, we were sailing and the boat captain was like, oh, I know Bakersfield. My car broke down and I had to stay in a motel outside of that and a meth lab exploded below me. And like,
0: <laughs> wow, you know, great impression.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, exactly.
0: That's so funny. Also, I'm just imagining 12-year-old you just being so regal on a sailboat the, <laughs> off the coast, uh, in the Atlantic Ocean. Gosh, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. So you've sort of had like a similar uh reaction from people when saying you're totally i
1: feel like um there's a certain amount of like apologizing you have to do i feel like (laughs) almost for like um yeah and but i mean for me i was it was a i had a it was a great place to grow up like yeah i didn't maybe because i didn't know any different but um yeah it it was totally fine
0: Mostly the same here. Uh, I'm really glad to have like, known the people that I knew and had the opportunities and do the things that I did in Modesto. Um, my family still lives there, actually. My my mom and dad and then my sister and her boyfriend live there. Does your family still live in Bakersfield?
1: No, I don't have any. Uh, it was just like we didn't have extended family or anything there. Yes. Um, my dad had moved there for a job. Gotcha. And um, So, no, there, everybody all my family is left.
0: Gotcha. They're like we did our time and it's <laughs> up. Uh cool. Uh thank you for not letting me just sprint past the that the Modesto Bakersfield uh connection there cuz it's real. Um uh so the next thing I was going to ask you video game wise not that I want to linger too much on the earliest days cuz I want to hit a lot of moments in your life or that or there are a few other uh NES titles that are that you remember playing or watching that were close to your heart
1: yeah so we um we the nes that we got was the one that came with the power pad and oh nice and it was like a a single cartridge or game pack i guess now i feel obligated to point out (laughs) oh man a single (laughs) game pack that had uh the original super mario brothers it had duck hunt and it had world-class track and field on it. and all three and so, yeah. So it was like a wow. single pack. And um, so I played a lot of that because we, even though my parents got us an NES and later they would get us like a Super Nintendo and a, mm-hmm. a Nintendo 64, we were never on the bleeding edge. We were, we got systems yeah. way late when they were cheap. When, you know, like a lot of games we got were either they were like selling them at Blockbuster. Yes. Or from garage sales and stuff. And so I played, but there was no, like, we didn't get Nintendo Power. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really aware. I think I was too young. Like, I wasn't really aware of new games that were coming yeah. out. Except for when Super Mario Brothers 3 came out, because that was like a cultural phenomenon. You could get the toys at McDonald's, which is probably where I w- picked up most of my pop culture information yeah. at that age.
0: As, as, you know, that's the curse of the Central Valley. You get your pop culture from McDonald's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so... um Yeah, really, the games that I played the most on the Nintendo Entertainment System were the Mario Brothers games Mm. um, and then whatever we got at, like, garage sales. So I put a lot of times into, like, there was, like, a Flintstone platformer that I played a ton. But a lot of games like The Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Uh like, all of those, like... I didn't, I didn't experience those until way later. Yeah. You know, the Game Boy Advance or the Wii Virtual Console, when I had an opportunity and a little bit more money to, you know, like decide my fate.
0: Totally. Uh, And it feels like fate when you're talking about the games that come into your life. So I resonate with that. Uh, That's, that's cool. I actually had a similar experience with the NES where it was like mostly Mario stuff and Duck Hunt, but then like uh, Bart and Radioactive Man was like a Simpsons game that we had. I played like the the ba- both back to the future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit which are pretty frustrating games but they're well known. Um the TMNT games, the arcade first one and then the other one, but so a lot of like licensed stuff for sure.
1: Oh yeah, we were not allowed there's no way I would have been allowed to rent or own a Simpsons game. We were not allowed to watch the Simpsons. They were too rude.
0: I, I also, so that's also a a strange thing because I wasn't allowed to watch it either because my mom, I think I've said this before, but my mom said that Bart was mean to his parents. So so she didn't want me to emulate Bart, which is not a bad move, but I think I would have done, I probably did that anyway. Um, So, okay. So maybe post NES, like what was a little bit of your experience with like either the you could talk about maybe the SNES since I know you played some games on there.
1: Yeah. So the again, we got like the Super Nintendo late and it was another one where I played a lot. I I played Super Mario World. I remember my cousin mm. got a Super Nintendo probably a year or two before we did. And I remember wow. going to their house for Thanksgiving and seeing <gasps> Super Mario World for the first time. And that was just mind-blowingly awesome yeah Um, seeing mario fly seeing Gosh. that enormous uh bowser yeah. in the hot air balloon type thing like that blew my mind but again like for the super nintendo we owned a lot we owned like stunt race fx nice. that was like i didn't I, we yeah. I, we never owned super mario kart i owned stunt race fx and that was the <laughs> racing game that i played the most on super nintendo like wow. absolutely loved it um but like a lot of the heavy hitters like uh link to the past nice super metroid like all those types of things i did not experience wow. until way later it was a lot of like i played a lot of the animaniacs super nintendo game i, I played love a it. lot of um cr- like crash test dummies the <laughs> super nintendo <laughs> video game because that's what like i had access to uh-huh. and at that point again didn't know anything didn't really understand the concept of bad games it was just the games that i had and you just put time into them
0: I love that. Uh, inc- absolutely incredible. Did that? Was that also true for your experience with a Nintendo sixty four?
1: Um, a little bit. Mm-hmm. By the time, like the era of the Nintendo sixty four, I started having more friends who were also playing Nintendo. Gotcha. And so, like, I would be like, "Oh, there's this like Legend of Zelda Ocarina of time." Although, at in the moment, I was calling it the. Orcania of time.
0: <laughs> Most didn't. people pronounce it some way, and that's one of
1: them. <laughs> it's like one of those um uh like when you're reading like a fantasy book or something, it's like, well, you've only seen it written, like you've never yes. heard anybody actually say it. So how are you supposed to know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the Nintendo 64 though, yeah, like I we didn't own GoldenEye, but I played a ton of GoldenEye at mm. Friend's House. We had Mario Kart 64, that's like the Mario Kart that to me. Uh, I have the most like nostalgia for. Yeah. Even though now that it's on like Switch and stuff you go back to it and you're like I don't, like it does it's it I mean not that there's any expectation that a game from almost 30 years ago should hold up but yeah. it doesn't hold up that great.
0: I've experienced that a lot of that game and a lot of the series and and uh I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's fun, you can get into it but it's it's like maybe the jankiest Mario Kart. Yeah. Even more totally. than SNES I want to say, but anyway as as you were saying sorry
1: well it was just you know like we were such a nintendo family uh-huh. and so the playstation like my uh, i had a cousin who had a playstation and it was like interesting to me in almost like as a novelty same with like friends who would have like the Sega genesis but nintendo to me was video games and when in the gamecube era i kind of like there were still some games that I would play, like the like Super Mario Sunshine and mm-hmm. things like that, Mario Kart Double Dash. But it was definitely kind of like the vi- I wasn't playing as many video games. Yeah. And then the and then there was like a a lull period where all I didn't have really play where I didn't really <laughs> play anything at all. Um, I had a Nintendo DS, and I had a Wii, and I was actually really. There were a lot of games that I was into on the Wii, but that was the generation where I first got another console. So I had an <laughs> Xbox 360 initially, but then all my friends got PlayStation 3s. And so I ended up getting a PlayStation 3. <laughs> I actually think I wish I I wish all of my friends would have gotten an Xbox 360 because yeah. I thought it was a great I thought it was a much better console than the PlayStation 3. Yeah, it was a weird generation where, you know, like uh, playing Fallout 3, it was significantly better on the xbox 360 like performance same with do you remember skyrim it's difficult to remember now but skyrim was a mess on the playstation 3
0: that i i didn't play it on that console but uh i have heard horror stories about it and i played it first on the 360 like at the i got a 360 i think like the year after it came out and it was yeah kind of a similar thing but um yeah 360 just did a lot better for a lot of those cross-platform games
1: but that that like time period really did a lot for broadening my like game understanding nice. horizon because I played a bunch of games and franchises that I had never experienced before. Um, got like really into Call of Duty, like really into wow. Call of Duty. That was and, like the uh, heyday, it feels like. Yeah. And then also like borrowing my friends PlayStation 2 to play Final Fantasy IX for the first time like final fantasy seven for the first time wow. like experiencing all of that kind of stuff late like after it had already come out um and then after that a little bit of like a lull again yes was late to the playstation 4 really did not buy a wii u at all i never yeah. I never owned a wii u kind of like skipped that nintendo generation <laughs> and because w- and was focused mostly on like played a ton of destiny like put so oh, many wow. hours into destiny like that was the kind of gaming that I wanted to do. But then it had a Nintendo 3DS, didn't play it all that often, like um, probably owned like five or six games total sure. during like the 3DS's lifetime. But it wasn't until the switch or really like the few months leading up to the switch, like the hype for the switch that I went all in on Nintendo again. And that's kind of where I am today.
0: I love that. Uh, that, I think – I like to think that happened for a lot of people because it also happened for me. I was in a similar situation where I actually did have a a Wii U, uh, but I really would just play old stuff that I had for the most part or virtual console games. But, yeah, as soon as the trailer for, for the Switch dropped or I saw it for the first time, I remember, like, a lot changed uh, hilariously for me. I was like, oh, no, I'm back <laughs> in a big way. So, um that's really cool. I guess something I would like to know is, uh, has there been a game maybe over the last year or two, or maybe a couple if you feel like talking about them, that you have really enjoyed or that has like been a very memorable experience?
1: One that actually really surprised me was I picked up late. It was probably around this time last year hmm. that I got it, although it took a few months for me to start it. I picked up tokyo mirage sessions oh uh, yeah Sharp fe remix for the nintendo switch Uh and mostly on like reputation alone just because i when it was re-released for switch people were saying really good things about it and i um was like okay yeah like this looks like kind of interesting i'm into this anime nonsense like yeah let me you know what's going on here and I, when, it, when it started out, you could definitely feel like, oh, this is kind of like a budget title, like all that kind of stuff. But I ended up loving it, put a ton of time into that game, had a, like, just like the best time with it. And I feel like that's kind of like my relationship with RPGs in general, where sure. it has to be like the perfect, has to be like the right time. Because JRPGs, I feel like, require so much time investment and like in a weird way, like emotional investment Then for me, they have to like, I have to be like psyched up to play a JRPG and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like throw myself into it. And one of the things that I actually did a lot with Tokyo Mirage sessions that generally I wasn't doing on switch initially was I was playing it in handheld mode. And so I really was taking, uh, I have this like weird thing with video games where it's, it is, for whatever reason, psychologically difficult for me to just like pick it a game up for 10 minutes and then put it down again. Yeah. So I have to be like, okay, I'm going to play legend of Zelda skyward sword. I have to make sure that I have dedicated like an hour or two to it, bef- you know, like, and if I don't have that amount of time, then I'm not even going to try. But with Tokyo Mirage sessions, I didn't, didn't do that. Oh. Kind of, almost counterintuitively for a JRPG where it'd be like, Oh, I have like five minutes between meetings at work. Like, great, I'm going to uh, do like a battle or move like a little bit of forward progress. Uh-huh. And that did really change the way that I use the Switch. I use it way more in handheld mode now because it's just like, oh, I don't know, for whatever reason, that like psychological barrier was broken a little bit. Uh-huh. And it was just like, oh yeah, I can play this the way that it was in, that, you know, I can use the Switch more to its full potential and just uh, play this a little bit here and there. So I've I loved Tokyo Mirage Sessions. If anyone is... Looking for a weird JRPG, I highly, highly recommend it. The battle system is really fun where you're like building these combos and because you're playing as Japanese pop idols, like the whole story is that you are like going to this Japanese pop idol, like you're training to become a Japanese uh-huh. pop idol and uh, and then there are like beings from another dimension coming in. And of course, you know, like this uh, uh, management group is every like everybody has a psychic connection. There's a lot going on, but uh <laughs> sounds like com- it sounds <laughs> like the combos that you do like they end up being like um uh uh what what is the word I'm looking for? Like they end up being like singles, like pop singles that oh. uh there's like a little like song and dance and then they go into the attack. It's incredibly silly but very very good.
0: That's uh that's the this is the best pitch i have heard on this game i have actually heard a lot of uh enjoyment and and enthusiasm from other people but if that was uh man it's like it all hit me at once and i'm i don't know it's it's one that i'm like i don't know if i'll if i'll get around to it but i'm very intrigued by everything you just laid out uh i'm glad it was great for you that's that's great well um unless there was any big uh big hitters for you or anything you really felt like you wanted to share about your history with games. Um, we could get into the break. Did you, was there last chance for you, Mark, anything else you've needed to bring up about your history? Ooh,
1: I guess I, I feel like the, the only, the other game that I've played like in the past few years, I mean, it's been a while now that yeah. really kind of uh, made me realize how much I love the communal aspect of video games is uh Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh yeah. Which a lot has been said about that game. It is maybe like one of my favorite it is for sure one of my favorite gaming experiences of mm-hmm. all time. Like maybe my favorite because one of the things I loved about it so much was being able to play it at the same time, like everybody else was experiencing it for the first time. And so it, the game felt so limitless. Yes. You would go online or you would talk to somebody and they would describe something that they saw or that happened to them or something they did. And it, it like it would just constantly be like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I, have to, I have to like get back into this game and try that out for myself. Like it was a, a just a completely like magical experience for me.
0: I love that. Were you, um, I'm I'm sure I've heard you talk about it, but were you a like launch day or window switch person?
1: Yeah, we, I uh, pre-ordered, I was actually, I was um, coaching an improv team (laughs) when the switch pre-orders opened on like Best Buy. So I was (laughs) like, you know, like I had my notepad in my lap um, with my phone on like the notepad and was, you know, like frantically pre-ordering while like people were doing scenes and so trying to like uh take notes at the same time i probably could have just been like hey guys can we take five minutes I'm going to certainly order the switch but i didn't i totally robbed them of that five <laughs> minutes worth of money where i was not paying attention so i could pre-order a switch
0: man th- those that whole team was five minutes away from getting on herald night and gosh and, and they'll they'll never it'll never c- come for them. I'll well, it. I, you know what to be fair uh who knows if Harold Knight will will be a thing again. <laughs> um uh that's amazing. Yeah. I I was there for that too and that was so special and uh it's always fun when something that is something I enjoy is cuz I'm not always playing a game or a big game right when it comes out and getting to discuss it with people, but it's fun when you get those chances. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you for sharing about your history with games. Uh, We are going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back to discuss anything you want to talk about with your experience regarding Kirby Superstar. Uh, So, Mark, I will see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here to discuss Kirby Superstar with Mark Mitchell. Mark, welcome back.
1: I'm still so happy to be here.
0: Oh my gosh, I was worried it was going <laughs> to, the shine had worn off. Yeah, d- what
1: if I what if I just dropped the hammer right here and was just like, oh man, I'm having a bad time. Wish <laughs> yeah. I wasn't here, but we might as well get on with it.
0: Be like, well, it'd be a, an uphill battle for me, I guess. Um, well glad that you're here before we dive into your personal um uh experience with the game i forgot to tell you earlier that i'm just going to share some brief history and context you gave us some of the games uh uh producers and creators earlier but i've got a couple basic paragraphs i'm going to share feel free to jump in um if you if you want but for now kirby superstar released as kirby's fun pack in PAL region so there's that pak coming back at us mark it's like it's it's almost negging you in a way it, um it
1: is gonna haunt me for the rest of my life
0: gosh it's just it's following you know um oh uh, it is
1: but you're right it is like negging me because it makes me want it makes me want the game pack to like me more you know what i mean
0: <laughs> oh of course <laughs> and it's I it's really
1: frustrating because i know it's doing it but i yeah. see it's like you know like a uh, gold pocket watch and it's yeah and it's Fedora and i'm just like i want the game pack to talk to me more yeah <laughs>
0: uh i'm seeing it now folks it's actually happening um so this game is a 1996 platforming video game developed by hal laboratory by nintendo for the snes as a part of the kirby series uh games by that same company uh it was advertised as featuring eight games seven short subsections with the same basic gameplay and two mini games uh upon release uh it received mostly critical acclaim and is considered to be one of the standouts in the series. And even though it's for me uh, the one one that I have really spent very minimal time with, it still is the one that I th- just think of as the Kirby game. Um, if you if you've do you have anything to say on that and like its place in the series?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I'd be curious to know what your experience with like what when you think of Kirby, what Kirby games do you think of?
0: I. For it's weird. I do think of this one, um, and then the one that I spent the most time with, uh, Kirby sixty four. Love Kirby sixty four, and then I also think of the Game Boy. Uh, for the first one, which is that just Kirby Kirby's Dreamland?
1: Maybe I know that I like played a little bit of that because I was yeah. familiar with Kirby before Kirby Superstar landed into mm. my life. But I ha- I I haven't really played a lot of kirby games since then yeah Um, like i know like the one one of the ones for the 3ds like the like planet robobot is supposed to be really good yes i played um kirby star allies when that was released for switch but kirby superstar was has been like the kirby game in my life like it is what i associate so strongly with kirby outside of super smash brothers
0: i love that uh and I guess I think of Smash Brothers as a Kirby game oftentimes because that's where I discovered Kirby. Like, uh, probably a lot of people, like, well, at least some people. Um, uh, uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Kirby Superstar was later released for the Wii and Wii U virtual consoles. Uh, an enhanced remake titled Kirby Superstar Ultra was released for the Nintendo DS in 2008 and 2009, depending on the region. Um, and lastly, this game was included as a part of the SNES Classic Edition library when that released in 2017, and also on the Nintendo Switch Online, where it made its debut on December 12, 2019. Um, I, I'm, You might even get into it uh, in your discussion, but I was curious, uh, did you... Also get it for the virtual console. Did you ever play the DS version? Just sort no. of wanted to hear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I I never did get it for virtual console. And I remember when the DS version came out, mm-hmm. I was way into the Nintendo DS. I had like, oh. I owned like six of them. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I owned like I got a ton of different Nintendo DS's. Um, owned like a ton of games for it, but never got um the Kirby Superstar remake weirdly because kirby superstar is probably one of my favorite super nintendo games and one of the super nintendo games that i put the most time into just playing the different like uh mini games with micro games within it like Mm -hmm. over and over and over again
0: interesting yeah maybe you know you just didn't want to uh paint the experience with anything other than the og Uh, who knows (laughs) um well as far as the games history and context and you did share about um you know of course Masahiro Sakurai is the creator of Kirby and the I think the director of this game um that's right and then Iwata and Miyamoto also helped produce it but was there uh I guess any other just like basic bullet points that you wanted to share context wise
1: um I think no not not specifically like I, I guess like one note and this was really important to my experience with the game yeah this was the first kirby game that had like co-op had yes because so kirby has his like copy ability where he can inhale an enemy and then um he's able to like use those enemies abilities Mm -hmm. but in in this game if you have an ability and then you press a it generates this like helper character And the helper is either controlled by the AI, so by, like, the computer, Mm -hmm. or if you have a second player, they can take control of the character and they can help you throughout the game. And that was, like, probably why I love this game so much. Ooh. Because uh, games in general, for me, like, the thing I like about video games is when they are communal, like, when they are playing with friends or family or that sort of thing. And so while, like, I enjoy games, you know, like playing on my own it's really like the most fun i have with video games is when i can experience them with somebody else and so even you know like uh you know like friends they would be playing a jrp like an rpg and i just enjoyed being able to like watch like i didn't want i didn't want to drive i didn't want to be responsible <laughs> for playing um i just want i just wanted to be able to like it, like experience it and share that experience with somebody and um in fact when when like Patrick and I are playing a game together, I vastly prefer when he plays and I just get to watch. And part of that is because I like, I feel undue pressure when I'm the one who's actually like playing the game. And I don't want to be the one, you know, like, uh, I am not that good at video games. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, I, you know, I'm not somebody who is like hyper skilled at them. Mm -hmm. And so I, so If I'm going to fail at it, I don't mind failing on my own because I can just like grind until I finally get past it. But if somebody else is watching, then it's like, no, that's like pressure that I don't want to have to deal with. Like, I don't want to like die at a boss like repeatedly and just have somebody be frustrated because I'm not doing it right. Like, no, 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 I can't handle that.
0: It's kind of a thing uh, that I will even feel just like streaming on Twitch is like. I hope I am just continually making progress in this game, or it's enjoyable. Like I'm gonna, I'm planning to stream later tonight, and I'm like, I'm near the end of this game. What if I just keep getting murdered and I never <laughs> and nothing happens? So, I I resonate with that in a different way. That's that's great, and that's actually the copy ability um, or the ability to like you know shoot out a new partner. I did not know that until I I played it a little bit leading up to this episode. And I thought that was so fun. Uh, so I'm sure playing with someone else would make it even more fun to let them use that instead of the AI.
1: Yeah. So my, um, I have a a younger sister, and we were we are really close. But growing up, we're like two years apart, and okay. we're we were uh, very close. We did a lot of things together, and um, I so we would play like this game and Donkey Kong Country just all the time because both of them had like, you know, you could play in co-op both. people Could play and being able. So that's really why I have such fond memories of Kirby superstar because it was being able to, it was spending that time with her and we, you know, like would be trying to like perfect strategies Uh and get through things as quick as possible and figure out what copy abilities were best for this moment and all that different kind of stuff. And, And that really like, um, I think like those sorts of experiences like really changed what I want out of video games and like what mm. I wanted out of video games.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Um, do you remember how you even got this game? Was it one you got at a garage sale? Did you know it was coming?
1: No, I think it was another one. Like I had played Kirby. I was familiar with Kirby as a concept because I had played like Kirby, Cur- the for whatever the kirby game on the game boy was i think yes. right, it was like kirby's dreamland yeah um again not one that i owned but one that my cousin owned and <laughs> a, a a different cousin than the cousin that owned the playstation and a different cousin than the one who had the super nintendo
0: good this and isn't i like, am tracking the cousins <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, mentally somebody, so thank you
1: if somebody has their like yarn you know out drawing trying to map this all out this is their a kirby's third, epic yarn in fact uh, yeah entered a game I do not like.
0: <laughs> Never touched it.
1: <laughs> um, uh, th- uh, this is a third dis- discreet cousin. but yeah, so played so Nuke Kirby, you know was familiar with like that tree boss yeah. that you're like shooting apples uh-huh. at, like all that kind of stuff. But no, this was uh, like with su- all Super Nintendo games that we owned, this was not something that we asked for. This was not something that I like had heard about and was interested in somehow my parents got a hold of it whether from like uh like a garage sale yeah or for whatever reason and it was one that they picked up um so just kind of like fate almost the yeah Kirby superstar was oh
0: definitely fate no, no almost about it this was meant to drop into your life uh I sort of joke but also who knows it did uh inform like you said a lot of it changed at least what you would look for in a game. Uh, that's fantastic. Um what about the game was I, I I definitely want to dive into more of the context and you playing with Becca in a little bit, but as far as the game itself, um what do you remember or to this day like about it and what was fun for you?
1: I think what was what's really cool about Kirby Superstar, and in theory, what I have not played a t- like all the Kirby games, but one thing that's really fun is that Kirby is such a malleable character. Mm-hmm. Like you can, like, what is Kirby? What is Dreamland? Like, n- there aren't really a ton of rules for it. And so, like, having these eight little discrete adventures that the, you know, there's one that is very much just like uh a standard like Kirby's Dreamland, like what you would expect. But then by the end, you're opening up Milky Way Wishes where it's like the the like Earth and the moon are fighting. And, <laughs> that, you know, like there's that's like the Kirby this... I know. <laughs> <laughs> and your job is to like stop is to like stop them. And there's this weird like robot kind of like court jester type thing uh, that is an enemy. And in the end, it there's like levels that are like side scrolling. Um, shooters like it's it's all very um, because they're like short little bite size experiences that to play them through you know each one of these games maybe takes max 45 minutes uh, mm-hmm. to an hour they're not very long but each one can be so like different that it's, it's like a fun like grab bag of you know like Kirby adventures
0: that's great so most of them are at least maybe at their and uh, correct me if I'm wrong I, I'm it sounds like most of them at their core are what you might uh, expect from a Kirby platforming ability uh, using and swapping experience but the format of them the, of them can be different yeah so like okay.
1: there's there's one in there called the great cave offensive and it is like you know like it's a, a you know platformer You have the copy abilities, all that sort of stuff. But the framing device is that you're going into all these different caves and you are gathering treasure. And so you're not going to be able to get probably every treasure on your first playthrough because Mm -hmm. you may not realize like, oh, I have to double back and hit this switch. Or I didn't pick up the right copy ability in order to, you know, like um, reach this switch or this thing over there. And so it's taking those standard Kirby mechanics, but then putting them into a different context. Even like the some of the mini games are like that. So there's like the I think it's called like Gourmet Race, and Mm -hmm. it's you against King DDD, and you're just dashing through these different like obstacle courses. Oh yes, yes. Trying to get like the most uh, like food, and whoever gets the most food and wins at the end, you know, like your points are added up, and you're the overall winner. So. It's a really fun, like, use of the different Kirby mechanics, but then mixing them up in unexpected ways.
0: That's awesome. Do all of all of the games I sort of for some reason, because I haven't played every mini game in this uh, on Superstar is do they all do that? Or I, I sort of just assumed one would be like, no, you're sort of just playing pinball here or whatever or whatever.
1: So there are two like like. I, I don't know what you would call them like micro games they're okay. they're not like platforming adventures. Uh one is called Megaton Punch and the other one is Samurai Kirby and okay. those are really more just like uh real what I would call like a mini game. So in Megaton Punch um there's like this little gauge that's going up and down and your goal is to hit the uh, to press the button when the gauge is at its fullest, and in doing so, you like bring your fists down or Kirby's weird little pink fin, yeah. like penguin type fin, <laughs> like in into it, and um, you're trying to crack a planet as much as possible. And if you hit the gauge all the way, then like the planet will fully crack into. Whoa! Uh, so there's that one, and then like as you progress, the gauge moves faster and faster, so it's m- more challenging. Okay. To precisely time it. So it is like at completely full. And then Samurai Kirby is like, uh, it's all about Twitch reflexes. You, you are Kirby kind of in this uh, uh, ancient Japan samurai getup and you're facing off against one of Kirby's enemies. And so you have this kind of um, uh, um, like spaghetti Western almost like music where you're getting off against your opponent. And then you're waiting for the moment that an exclamation mark appears on the screen. And once that appears, you're trying, you push the button as quickly as possible, because if you don't uh, hit it fast enough, then your enemy is able to like make their attack first Yes, and uh, you lose. And so it's all about, again, just like being able to, you just have to, the time limit gets shorter and shorter. In yes. Which you're able to like press the button. So fun. Th- those but- are those are the two that are like not really traditional like Kirby yes. adventures that are just kind of like side games.
0: so sound- they sound like fun palate cleansers though. As you're pl- as you're playing around, would you, from what you remember, if you do remember this far back, would you like play all the way through one of the games, or would you bounce around? Uh Yeah. Any- so
1: we we had kind of we had once not all of the games are unlocked when you start playing. I think like the yes. main ones are so like spring breeze, which is um, kind of basically like a shorter remake of Kirby's dreamland is the first mm-hmm. one. Then Blade, where you're trying to attack this, uh, It, they're just regular platforming levels. And then at the very end, the final boss is this big like robotic bird type thing, or maybe yeah. it's not even robotics. It does have baby birds, um, and then you get to open up at the very end, you get to open a Milky Way wishes, which, which is the one where the sun and the moon are like fighting oh. and it becomes this like intergalactic battle for it. But the one that we probably played the most that we would play over and over is revenge of Meta Knight.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And so this is one where, um, there's like a little story, like little vignettes through it. And basically Meta Knight is in his big battleship. And Kirby has to go defeat Meta Knight, and you go to the different parts of the ship, and you have to like uh, defeat the bosses or mini bosses that are on each part of the ship. So that way you're like you're destroying it to try to sh- get Meta Knight's ship to like fall out of the sky. Mm-hmm. And this one is really, really for whatever reason was really, really engaging because before each of the little sections, like when you land on that part of the ship um there's little like characters that are talking at the bottom like there's little text boxes being like oh kirby's on the front wing what should we do (laughs) you know and Knight's like get him um (laughs) it's and so for whatever reason it it felt the most uh dynamic like the most exciting one to play over and
0: over goodness it's almost its own little star wars adventure in there like you boarding the death star and and but they know that, that you're there that's that's fantastic um very very cool uh especially someone who's only gotten to poke around on the earlier games it's fun to hear about your experience with them um one other oh um is this a game that you have uh revisited throughout your life or were you just primarily playing it back then
1: it's one that i was like primarily playing back then and so that definitely like colored my uh, experience with it because yeah i thought about it in one very specific way you know like um and so other kirby games that i have played i was comparing to it but in an unfair way so when i was playing uh star allies the most recent game on kirby game on switch i was comparing it to my memories of kirby oh. Superstar. so i was like oh like Kirby is moving really slowly the computer characters when you have like the ai allies they do everything for you like that's not all that fun (laughs) and then in getting ready to record this show i've gone back and i've been playing star ally or excuse me Kirby superstar for the first time in years where i've really put time into it and i'm like oh all these things i didn't like about star allies are actually what kirby superstar (laughs) is like
0: and so i was
1: unfair i was unfairly maligning kirby star allies when it actually was a very faithful recreation of the experience of playing kirby superstar and maybe because i played this so much with my sister that i i didn't i don't have a lot of memories of experiencing it with like the computer controlling the uh uh, helpers but Yeah. yeah like Kirby kind of moves slowly the the computer characters if they're on like they will just decimate everything like even when you don't want them to they're just like taking out enemies left and right and so it was like oh I was probably unfair to star allies it's actually a very faithful recreation of I guess what Kirby games are like
0: yeah gosh poor star allies uh you're you're getting your moment here we're Mark's apologizing um I Would like to hear more too about um, what you might even remember, even if it's just general about playing with Becca and like, and and when you were playing this game. Any context that was that you felt like bringing up today?
1: Yeah, so the sister that I was like playing this with was my younger sister, and her name is Ashley. Ashley, so
0: um, sorry, Ashley. I know you're listening.
1: (laughs) Uh, And her and I were we are very close. And we were really, we were really close at the time. Um, she's two years younger than me, and there, there was like a brief period that e- that now I cannot even like really remember because I don't remember a, a lot from that time in my life. But yeah. in there was like a time in like high school where we did not get along, and mm. but that was like the one like brief period where Ashley and I have not been very close. But um, when we were when we were a lot younger. Like, around the time that we were playing, probably, like, Kirby Superstar, like, Super Nintendo era, uh, I was really, really, really into performing and, like, really into theater.
0: Really? Well, checks out. You're still a performer.
1: (laughs) And so, like, we would put on little, like, plays for my parents. (laughs) And, um, oh, man, my parents probably... uh, have they've sat through a lot of bad like uh terrible performances but we're like willing to sit through it where it's like i would do like a little performance where i was like lip-syncing to the soundtrack of les miserables and they would just like and like dimming the lights and giving putting lots of emotion into it and my parents would indulge me for whatever reason so that's so sweet i guess it is uh yeah it was very 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 nice of them but i but uh, poor Ashley, like I would make her audition for these <laughs> plays, and but always cast myself as the lead. And so, um, I guess that's that—that's the fate of the younger sibling, I suppose. It is, but uh, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we would, so that—that's like what I remember. Yes, that is the Super Nintendo era for me is, you know, like um, just being really, really close with my sister and just having like a lot of fun, being, you know, like uh, turning down the turning down the sound, having to be like rainy outside, turning down the um, the sound on the TV and, you know, playing like our favorite music or like musicals or something like that. Just being able to like spend that time with uh, somebody else like w- Now, like looking back on it is a time like it was very meaningful. And I think definitely, like I was saying, like shaped my relationship with video games and like what I enjoy out of video games is having to be that like communal experience where even if uh, we're not all playing, just being able to like spend time with people and experience this thing together.
0: That's fantastic. Um, uh, Another question that I like to get into sometimes with people is would do you remember where you two would play this game like what room it was hooked up in and do you can you paint that picture for me at all
1: yeah so we had this um it it was in in our family room and we uh and we would what, what we called the family room and it was we had a larger tv um, nice. this was, you know, like the, but I mean, larger than the one that we were playing the super okay. Nintendo on. So we had like oh. the main like TV that probably wasn't that big. I mean, maybe like 27 inches yeah. at most, probably not that big, but that, that was like in the TV cabinet. And then underneath the TV cabinet, we had this smaller VC VCR TV combination that we bought for road trips. And so, Ooh. um, we would all pile into the car And, you know, when we were going to visit family in Utah or something and that, you know, from Bakersfield, that was like a 10 hour drive, 10 to 12 hours. And so in order to help keep the kids entertained, we had this TV where we would be able to watch movies um what a like,
0: lifesaver on a trip like that well, oh my I f- gosh I,
1: I so my dad was usually driving and my mom would be in the passenger seat and i felt bad be- or like, looking back on it i do not know how she managed to do it because um you know we'd be in like a suburban and we'd be in the back seat and we'd be like turn it up we can't hear it <laughs> but part of the reason we couldn't hear it is because there was one speaker on this tv and it was on if you were looking at it, it was on the right which means that it was just like blasting into the passenger seat so you know like we'd be like turn it up we can't hear it and it would just be like do, you know my mom would just have to listen to the wizard of oz at ungodly volume or worse probably like the lost in space starring joey and lacey oh Calvert.
0: my gosh like, i know that movie <laughs> uh your your parents sound like s- absolute saints yeah. uh goodness between the plays and then that speaker fiasco. <laughs> That's so, wonderful.
1: So, yeah. So, we, so, uh, the video game system was hooked up to like when we weren't going on road trips, we would just keep it in the house and it would be hooked up. That's where we would hook up the game system. So, you know, like, um, I remember the Australian o- Summer Olympics in Sydney. I remember that would be that would like, you know, uh, in the evenings, my family would be watching the Olympics, would be on the big TV, and I would be playing. Mario Kart 64 on the smaller TV, shoving handfuls of sour Skittles into my mouth. Yes. Um, So yeah, so that that so that's where we played like all of our video games because we weren't allowed to have uh, TVs in our room. We Mm -hmm. weren't allowed. um, We we like never had like individual computers or anything like that. Mm. It was all just like yep. It was all in the living room or the family room, and we'd be playing on this tiny, you know, like. I don't know, maybe like 12 inch monitor. Yeah. But, so that, that's where we consumed mostly all of our video game content.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, thank you for walking me down, uh, and painting that picture, uh, walking me down memory road, painting that picture for me. Uh, I, I love to get that context if I can. Uh, cause they feel when you think about the ones in your life, at least to me, it feels like such a specific visceral place that like, uh, Just spent so many hours in. So that's great. Um, I feel like I've gotten to hear a lot of uh, really, really awesome stuff from you about your experience with this game and playing with Ashley. And you sort of put a bow on it already, like before I bugged you about just like where you played this game. Um, But I did want to leave it open to you to, uh, if there's anything you didn't get to share about your experience with Kirby Superstar um before i actually i've got some fun segments i'd love for you to do that now if you have them
1: yeah um i guess yeah i guess what i'd say is like for whatever reason even though i absolutely loved this like playing this game Mm -hmm. kirby has never been like a franchise that i've like followed super closely and i i think again just kind of like repeating myself but it just speaks to how um the like circumstances around yes. this game were more important than like the game itself. and I, mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I don't know if this is your experience as well, but I feel like looking back, there's a lot of media in like my childhood where th- the who and like the circumstances were probably more important than like the thing itself. Like mm-hmm. I you know um uh, I really 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 liked, Raiders Indiana Jones and like Raiders of the Lost Ark or probably a better example like I really really liked Jaws as a kid like yeah it really scared me but I don't think it was because like like I had a a great appreciation for cinema or anything like that it was because I had really great memories of going to Universal Studios Hollywood with my friends and family. And being on that tram tour and having a little, you know, rubber shark jump out of the water. <laughs> yes. And so like those like warm associations boiled over into like, I loved everything Jaws because mm-hmm. it reminded me of, you know, like um, those good memories. And that's how I feel about Kirby Superstar is mm. it's like um, the yeah, just like the positive associations with the time and like with the people is has really like uh, is the reason I love the game and you know like when i tried to play Kirby Star Allies or other Kirby games it's just like it is it makes me just reflect on oh yeah it's not really like the thing that is important in this situation it's the uh it's the people
0: yeah let that be a lesson to humanity it's about the people <laughs> um well mark thank you again for coming on here to share about your experience with that game that was just so so great to hear from you um but before we actually, you know, head out, I do have a fun couple post show segments for you, uh, based on this game. The first of which is the Fact Me By Your Game segment, and that's where I'm just going to share a couple fun facts that I discovered about the game with you. Um, the first one I have titled Kirby CG Star, uh, and the, here goes nothing. Development for Kirby Superstar lasted three years, which was much longer than usual for the era. And this was partially due to the influence that Rare's Donkey Kong Country had uh, uh, graphically. Um, That game obviously had the uh, CG graphics, I think, done by Silicon Graphics. um, Or am I just thinking of the N64? Either way, they had the, um, the 3D sprites that they would animate for that game. And Sakurai was certain that using CG would be beneficial for the game's experience, so the team redid the artwork about halfway through development, um, causing the game to be released in 1996, at the, the year the N64 was released.
1: Wait, where did they? Where did they use CG?
0: It's at the very like when you open the game, and I think in a few other like uh, m- not movie spots, but like. V- Parts where they just play an animation. Not in the gameplay, though. The gameplay is still, like, just 2D sprites like you'd expect. But I the opening specifically, it actually hit me when I turned oh. on the game. I was like, oh, Kirby's kind of, like, got that Mar- uh Super Mario RPG um, Donkey Kong Country thing going on.
1: That's right. When he's, like, riding the star around during, yes. like, the attract screen. Oh, man, that's crazy. I did not realize that.
0: So I think it's just for the artwork like that, not any of the gameplay or animation. Um so yeah, uh the second one that I have for you is uh called One More Game. Uh I don't know how to pronounce this word. I'm gonna give it a shot, but uh Kajero Mansion was a horror game with an emphasis on action and puzzle elements. Um that was uh that was at a certain time opposed to a poised to be included in this game so it would have been a ninth game included in kirby superstar and it saw kirby stuck in a mansion and according to this uh article unable to inhale which is you know that's kirby's whole thing um it's probably a nightmare he has regularly uh hal also planned to include a move that allowed kirby to create an explosion from guarding but cut the idea so not a lot of This whole game, in fact, doesn't really sound like a game to me. It mostly sounds, at least from this article, sounds like just a few pieces of a game, Uh, like Kirby's Inhibited, and this he could explode. But there was almost a ninth game included in this.
1: I am fascinated by the idea of Kirby in like a haunted house type scenario. Like I'm imagining like Kirby Castlevania, and that sounds like a game I want to experience.
0: Yeah, that uh, could probably get you back into Kirby. I think <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. I feel like even in most horror levels, from what I can think of of uh, the like Nintendo franchises, it's not that the characters' abilities change, but they're just in a, like a horror or a scary environment. Whereas this, right. it's like, oh no, Kirby can't do the thing he does. That maybe it was too much for them. Is but yeah,
1: why. maybe maybe it was too much. Although, give him a whip. Maybe we're talking.
0: Oh yep. Uh and sometimes it sometimes uh he tosses axes, I don't know, <laughs> or holy water. Um, that'll do it for the fact to me by your game segment, and it'll go ahead and lead us into the game recommendations. Uh and this, Mark, is as I always tell my guest, is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me by Your Name, where I'm gonna treat uh Kirby Superstar as your romantic, passionate summer love that you are going to be moving on from. Uh and I'm seeing these – looking at these recommendations for you as uh, as potential new partners. Um, some of them, you know, sometimes I'll have a one that is uh, – like when someone dates someone new, as you maybe have seen in your life, sometimes they are exactly – like eerily similar to the previous person they dated. It could be someone out of left field or um, just like a refreshing change. So that is what these recommendations are based I, off
1: of. I – love this i feel like you should be um you should just know that you know I, that game pack that was nagging me earlier uh <laughs> you know i we're I, there's some there's something going on there i don't really know what it is yet but uh, also i'd be super interested to know like how these recommendations are generated
0: they are, uh, I will usually choose like an element about the game, uh, something specific, and then try to find a game that uh, is in line with that same element. Um, I try to do different games from other franchises like I've done here, um, but we'll see what you think of them. I'll explain yeah, the I, connection to I'm each.
1: I'm super excited. I'm super excited.
0: Um, all right. So the first one is uh, if you, Mark, what you really loved about uh, Kirby Superstar. is is that you You love the game because it has a bunch of different uh, play styles, even though as we talked today, it seems like there's pretty much just the same Kirby play style in different environments. Um, but if you want a game with a bunch of different games in it uh, that sticks to that Nintendo brand, we'll go ahead and recommend Nintendo Land for Wii U. Have you toyed around with this at all?
1: i played a little bit of it. Like um, the two games that I played, have you played a lot of Nintendo? Land? I've played a,
0: a little bit of it, like when I got the Wii U.
1: So the t- the two that I played are like the one where you are uh, chasing? Yes. Like, is it Mario? Like you're Toads and you're chasing? Yeah, something like you have that? A little outfits on your Miis, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one is um the like Luigi's Mansion. That one's very fun. game where one person is the ghost hunter and everybody else is the ghost is that how that works
0: it might i don't it could be the other way around but i honestly don't remember it's been a little bit
1: but yeah uh though but those are the those are the only two that i've really messed around with
0: they've got like a there's like a pikmin one that they have uh there i think is like an a zelda like archery one there might even be like a a a metroid one as well but There are the one I also like you have mostly played chase and then the Luigi's mansion one.
1: Yeah. Which we always code called roast that ghost because if you, (laughs) if you shine your flashlight on, Oh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe everybody is a ghost uh, or a Luigi with a, a flashlight. And then like the other, we're not going to figure this out live. No, but (laughs) there's flashlights and there's ghosts.
0: Yes. That we know for sure. Um, that's your first recommendation. The second one, which, uh, you know, is really, ai am going to go ahead and call it a poor poll, but I'll just pitch it to you. Um, if you want another game, you just were obsessed with the opening animation, Mark. You're like, I got to have more CG in my life on this super Nintendo. I was going to recommend super Mario RPG. Um, even though, uh, the game we're talking about today is not even animated like that for most of it. Um, Have you played? I know that Patrick has played that game. Have you dabbled with Super Mario RPG? Uh,
1: Yeah, I have played Super Mario RPG. It was one that I had to go back. Like as a kid, we rented it, um, thinking that it was a like a Mario game. Oh my! And so just being like being very thrown when it was an RPG and not getting through it in the like rental time. But So it was one that, like, it wasn't until later when it was available on, like, virtual console, I think, or something like that, that I was able to go back and, like, actually play it as an adult. Um, Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, Well, I have one final recommendation for you, Mark, and this is the big one. If you just want to play another game where you just suck, 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 I'll go ahead and recommend luigi's mansion 3 for the nintendo switch
1: uh that is such that's such a good recommendation coming (laughs) off of kirby i know i'm dead serious like luigi's mansion is uh the the perfect the perfect rebound game after breaking up with kirby superstar for sure have you played luigi's mansion 3
0: i did i really enjoyed that game yourself Yes, and there yeah. was
1: another one where it was like the uh, introduction of GUIG and the yes. introduction of co-op into it. I oh know, yeah, like, made that game. I haven't really. Have did you play any of the um, multiplayer? Like the, the none of like, it. Dip- yeah, me either. None that of feels it. like a huge like something. It's like the be-
0: hotel thing, right? Where you're well, that's the whole game. But I think you're like cli- the scare floor stuff. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: The scare floor stuff. That seems like. That would be something to get a group of people together, and like that would be really fun to play. But no, Absolutely. I I completely eat up all the silly like mythology stuff that Nintendo throws out there. Mm-hmm. So Gooigi is a real like feast where he's like was made <laughs> accidentally because like coffee got dumped on something yes. or another, and this like goo game to life. And so it looks like goo, it looks like lime jello, but it tastes like coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big Gooigi stan.
0: Uh, and if you would have sent it any different, I don't think this episode would have aired, but now that you've, you have, you uh, have, it's going to go ahead and drop on the feed. Um, and also, I didn't even think about the co-op element of it, but that works too. I've got to pat myself on the back for that accidental triumph. Um, well, that'll f- close out the game recommendations, and Mark, that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So uh, before we go ahead and leave some moments for you and then myself to plug whatever we'd like. I just want to say thanks again for doing this. This was so much fun to hear from you and, and learn about more of your history with games and this one in particular. So thank you for coming on today.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Connor. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure.
0: All right. Well, uh, what would you like to plug? I know uh, probably Nintendo cartridge society, but yeah, it, whatever you want to plug, feel free to hit it. I'll put a link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I will plug a Nintendo cartridge society. It's the pod, the Nintendo focus podcast. I do with my friend, Patrick Ellers. As I said earlier, I need to make clear, he's the host. <laughs> I am the co-host. But it's uh we do two episodes a week. On Tuesday, the news episodes drop where we cover all the Nintendo news from the previous week. And then on Thursday, we release a topic episode where we are either doing a deep dive into a game or a definitive ranking of something Nintendo related. It's a lot of fun. Connor's been on the show. You should check out that episode, if nothing else. Um, although that one probably didn't age particularly well because it was a predictions episode. Yes, but if you still-
0: if you loved Nintendo's E3 this year or fascinated by it, it it'll be fun. But but you guys do put out so many fun and creative and engaging episodes, even when there there are topics that or games that I have not. It's rare that I miss an episode because I'm usually like, yeah, I may not know that much about this musical that you're uh, casting from Animal Crossing or, or some other topic, but it's a really fun listen and yeah, definitely recommend it. Well, um, thank
1: you. That's that's really nice of you to say. But yeah, um, you can check out the show. We're on Apple Podcasts or generally wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Killer. All right. Well, thanks again. Uh, I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. Uh, the cover art for Call Me By Your Game is, of course, done by Glenn J. and you can find him and his other wonderful work on Instagram at with2Ns.j. A Y. Uh, as I said earlier, we are all over Patreon, or really, we're just on our Patreon, uh, which you can find us at Patreon.com/superNPCRadio, where you get—I've uh, talked about all the shows that are represented there, but you get a weekly show, Super NPCs, where me and producer of the show, Jeremy Schmidt, uh, talk about whatever topics that we want. We recently did our uh, each of our top nine. Pokemon, so it's a top nines where we just rank our top nine in a category you've got the call me by your game co-op episodes where i have a group of people on to discuss a uh, an impactful game um by the time this episode comes out yesterday we released the metroid dread episode with none other than patrick ellers is on that bad boy um of course you should check out jeremy's show video games a comedy show i am on social media Connor underscore McCabe and I've actually been streaming on Twitch so if you like to watch people play games or you like me check me out at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 that will do it for this episode of call me by your game we will see you on the next one